childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish, this all freaks me out a bit. Hey, after you drop off the kids or put them to bed, turn on Childish with real-life friends and podcasting virtuosos, Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. Laugh about the struggles and joys of parenthood. Grow closer to your children. Learn something useful or not. Maybe feel less alone. And maybe even put the spark back into your love life. Childish is for people who are parents or had parents if you had no parents, maybe check out WTF with Mark Marin. Subscribe to Childish. New episodes coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts. Childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Childish, oh shit. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way we get to dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in the podcast cabin, and I, every time I mention it, I say I don't know if I'm going to really officially call it the podcast cabin from now on, but I feel like it's been like three shows in a row that I have called it that. And I'm also sitting here with uh, producer Tony Thaxton, who earlier today was given the nickname <laughs> Beast by Arden Marine. <laughs> and that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was. It was a very fun episode. I think uh, I have a feeling I'm stuck with the Beast now. You prefer Beast to Tone Zone? Uh, Sure. I okay. don't know. I, I'm cool. I'll I'll live with either. You know. I like how agreeable you are, Beast. You know, I gotta I gotta be I gotta please the boss. <laughs> <laughs> but a Beast doesn't have to please the boss. Well, I'm a different kind of Beast. <laughs> You're like a, a great a Beast who's like a really good employee. Yeah, yeah. And we're also sitting here with Laura London, my old friend, dog trainer, hey, hey. Animal Planet personality. <laughs> Remind me the name of your Animal Planet show. Right, the one that never ever exploded super rescue dog to super dog you got it i knew it got it It that's right it was in there somewhere yeah so i knew you first as a dog trainer Mm -hmm. uh and then um and a friend Mm -hmm. with dog trainer then friend right then friend and dog we morphed into friends yes yes and then the animal planet thing happened yeah um and then you sometime after that you moved up north which is where you're living now yes but also i used to feature Dog, rescue yeah, dogs on my show. Yeah, was at the Downey Shelter. Yes, and right. you were the one who would send me the knit. You're like, you would tell me which ones I should feature. Right. And People, we saved dogs. We like, did. D- listeners. Yeah. Adopted dogs. Like yeah. there are people. There's dogs that are alive because of us. Completely. That being said, I can think of like one or two or maybe three at the most. It was, and I did that for months and months and months well, well, we did, did that yeah, for months I was and months there for and months. a year yeah we did that program so and in that time we did 122 dogs went through the program mm-hmm. um so we like trained them and you know helped to get them adopted and make sure it's stuck and stayed in contact with a lot of the people on instagram i'm friends with lots of those people and i'm following their lives and their pictures of their dogs oh, and that's their great. weddings and their pictures of dogs with their babies <laughs> and yeah so we did the one that Rufus, Rufus, yeah, Rufus was the big mastiff mm-hmm. whose owner Giovanni. Some of right. the listeners might know. Yeah, might know yeah, who that exactly. is. Yeah. Giovanni. So that was like it was epic because he was he 
put his mom on a plane mm-hmm. from like Houston and she flew to LAX, rented a car and came to the shelter in Downey, glorious Downey. I met her there. She meets Rufus, who's just like skin and bones, big, massive, super sad, would like to not be there. And she's like, super great. Let's get him in the car. <laughs> and it was like the craziest thing. So then she literally like 30 minutes, put him in the car, went back to the airport, um, checked him into cargo, flew him back to Houston. Now he's like living the high life in Idaho mm-hmm. with like his two Mastiff siblings. Yeah. It's awesome. It's great. Whenever I see pictures of him, I, I feel happy that that all happened. Oh, totally. Because he was he would have been was would he have been put down yeah, he had been for there sure. forever right he'd been there a really long time and he was certainly not thriving so yeah like they would give me a list every week and say you have 24 hours Ugh. to come up with an exit strategy how does that not crush you oh it, i think it does you know um you know, think of those poor people who go to work every day and that's what they have to decide. Like shelter workers, I feel, I mean, my heart goes out to them um, because they fall in love with these animals and, you know, and it's it's a drag. So, um, I mean, we had this extra cushion because we had an arrangement, you know, sort of understanding with the, with the shelter that we're trying to develop and get these dogs out of here. So, you know, we wouldn't just come in and they'd all be gone. Right. You know? Although and that did happen once, that right? It did happen once. I remember that being was a uh, mess. Yeah. What happened? Let's start with I the th- darkest stuff. <laughs> I started I off think, on a sad I think note. I blocked a lot of it out. So there was some leadership in place at mm-hmm. the shelter at that time that was not amiable to our support. And, you know, sometimes people get like that. They get really. Territorial. territorial about their jobs and don't you know and, and they don't want to accept help or anything and it's just it's wacky and so we weren't there judging we weren't there anything we were not and who, what were you with a group like a rescue that came in or who? i was with shelter me which oh, was oh, yeah. a television show um on pbs the the idea was that they were going to film this and it was going to be an episode mm-hmm. but that kind of derailed um for some reason, you know, um, I, I don't think there were enough happy endings, I think, yeah. you know, cause they kind of like happy endings. And so, but the bummer is like, you know, there sometimes they're not. And that's, that's the story I think that's really important that needs to be told too, because it is really a huge problem. <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, somewhere not now I feel like I'm like, we went from that to like, and we get on the soapbox. <laughs> no, it's we, fine. We euthanize 4 million dogs a year, you know? And so, I mean, like our animal problem is huge. Like mm-hmm. our homeless animal problem that we, you know, the dogs we euthanize and the cats too. My goodness, the cats. Um, it's huge. And so many people are just still not paying attention to it. It's amazing, truthfully. Like now that I live in Northern California, that's another planet up there. Like wow. the dog culture there is crazy. I got to, I guess, be careful so they let me back in <laughs> when I leave LA. But like none of the dogs are spayed and neutered. Oh, really? Oh, my God. There's balls everywhere. <laughs> like, and it's so shocking because like, you're so used to not seeing them here. Like you never see dogs with balls. Or when you do, you're like, what the hell? Like it totally shocks you. Isn't there a law about it? Not up there. Here there is. Here there is, right? Yeah, like, but your is. dog can't be at a dog park if it has balls? Well, no. It's a mandatory spay neuter in oh, LA. So okay. by four months, technically, is the law that your dogs have mm-hmm. to be spayed and neutered. Most people do it later, and that's fine. 
then we won't even talk about how you can like then profile because really only the boys are going to be able to tell if they've got right. balls. They're not going to see if the girls have been spayed. Anyways, regardless. So you just don't see a lot of balls here. <laughs> and as a dog trainer, all my clients with puppies here in LA, they're all getting their balls cut really quick yeah. and everything's No, you, I remember we were going to let Wendy go through her first heat because that's like, what we had been advised. It. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you talked us into like, make, make an appointment yesterday to get her spayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause she's a slut. She is I'm a bit kidding. of a slut. You knew she was no. Yeah. I'm joking. No. no, you said to do it because so it's the mess, reasons. right? It's a, well, the mess. I mean, if you can tolerate that, yeah, gross. Um, <laughs> and then there's a whole like tie to like mammary cancer in females, oh. and if they go through a heat, it you know goes up by this okay. percentage kind of thing. So anyway, um, so yeah, lots of balls in Northern California, and like it's just shocking. Everybody. Why? Why do Because they it don't is? have to do it. And it's also oh. this weird, it's kind of hickish mm-hmm. up there. Like I'm in like Sonoma County and I'm in anywhere from like Healdsburg and Santa Rosa and Napa. I'm all over those neighbor- neighborhoods. Those are cities. Um, but <laughs> They're like big they take, they take so long. It takes me nowhere, like no time to drive mm-hmm. up there. But I realize I'm driving like, oh, 45 minutes. Cause here that would be three miles through four miles. Right. So 45 minutes there is like 45 miles. Wow. So you're in a different city. Anyways, my point is it's just a little more hickish. It's a little more rural. It's way obviously less urban. So you just have big yards. All those winery dogs are just dogs running rampant, Mm -hmm. swinging balls around (laughs) in the wineries and the vineyards. Um, And for the most part, like it's not an issue like behaviorally, I'm not finding that the dogs are horrible up there because they have their packages. Mm. Um, but the idea of taking care of that for a health reason for the dog is completely lost on the owners. I'm like, we can't, cancer. There's a bunch of cancers going on right now that we can kind of curtail mm. if we take care of this. And everyone's like, nope, it's fine. Everything's fine. Do they have a problem with uh, unwanted totally. puppies. And yeah. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah. They still do. I mean, the Napa shelter, which I've had the pleasure of working, um, with the folks there, it's a tiny little thing. They have like nine people on staff, like nine. I was just at the Taco Bell and there was like way more people than nine at the Taco <laughs> Bell and it's the middle of the day. So, um, but it's great. I've bonded with the manager there because she's from Rancho Cucamonga. So we <laughs> have like, we just talk about Southern California stuff, even though it's so far away from here. Anyway, um, so there's still tons of unwanted puppies. There's still stray dogs. There's tons of stray dogs. They're, they're tiny little 45 to 50 animal shelters still full of pit bulls, mm. chihuahuas and German shepherds, just like ours. It's just in a smaller scale. So there's still like the same problem. And certainly with kittens and cats, it's still a huge problem there. There's so many, there's just cats everywhere. I always, so we always featured a dog on the show yeah. and I always felt bad that I felt like I was neglecting cats. I think a couple of times we, or at least once I featured a cat, but. Um, it's interesting that there's so like cats are kind of always mentioned as an afterthought. Well, it's it's weird. Well, if yeah. you're a dog person, you're like, oh right, and cats, <laughs> like you're just totally like, oh, and, and bunnies too. Right. Sorry, bunnies. It's um, like uh, my sister when we were young. My sister, younger sister, was like the cutest human being ever. As I was going through my awkward phase of like, because <laughs> I had been cute, but not like my sister who was like otherworldly cute. And then I was like gaining weight and my teeth were sticking out in all directions and I had a terrible haircut. And so people would be like, 
oh my god she's she looks like elizabeth taylor i've never seen <laughs> eyebrows like that on a, oh and you're cute too like it was such an after i was right. the cat you were the cat yeah. in that so well there are some cool programs um you know here in la one of the groups that i worked with religiously was angel city pitbulls love them shout out um and they have um, p- pities for kitties. So now they also like will pull teeny little litters that need mm. bottle feeding and stuff like that because their whole mission was to, to to support and save the highest risk group. And for a long time, that's been pit bulls, but it's also cats and kittens. Mm. So now they kind of do this pities and kitties kind of cute thing. So they're kind of shining the light on the kitties. But yeah, up there, it's just it's just weird. It's all just really weird. And training up there is like um, corrective. Oh, on two on two levels. So one, they use a whole bunch of electric shock collars up there. What? Oh my, it's crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on. Do you consider those inhumane? I consider them aversive. What does that mean? Like painful and something you want to avoid. Yeah. Um, inhumane, I don't want to go... I don't know. I I mean, on a person, yes, <laughs> probably. Oh, but take that off, Elliot and Owen, right now, kids. <laughs> um, you know, there are certain things, and certainly when you're in these huge, multi-acred vineyards, and your dog is there's not a fence, there's not a six foot fence around mm, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So there are some like people use like the invisible fences. Fence, yeah. So that's a shock thing. Your dog learns. Oh, duh! Don't go past this. Okay. Right. All right. Rattlesnake training, totally okay with it. Like, don't want my dog to get bit my rattlesnake. I'd rather shock it and make it afraid of a rattlesnake. Is that how they do it? Yeah. I didn't know that that's how they yeah. train. Yeah. Because you can't be like, cookie. Or like, <laughs> ignore the rattlesnake. Here's the cookie. They're like, what? I want the rattlesnake. So, but they use it for like basic obedience training. Like I'm meeting clients and, you know, that have seen other trainers before and their dogs aren't even a year old. And they're like, well, the last trainer had us using a shock collar. And I was like, but, but, but what? <laughs> like already? Like I get it. And and I'm not totally saying that shock is horrible. Um, I don't use it and I don't work with dogs that need it. There are some amazing professionals who have surgical precision in their timing. And there are certain situations where that kind of training is what you need to do. Like like if you have an aggressive dog, would it be that? Or Well, you certainly – I can tell you when you don't need it is when you're just doing obedience for the right. dog under a year. Yeah. You know you don't need it when you're doing a young dog who's barking and has impulse control issues and you really haven't tried anything else and you just kind of go right to that. Like, let's try this first. You don't need it when you have a scared dog, an mm-hmm. insecure dog who barks at people outside. Like, no, let's not add fire to that. So. Right. Um, but everybody seems to use it. So it's really been, you know, and I'm anecdotally don't hate me, Northern California. I'm not saying you're a bunch of shockers. I'm just saying in my experience up there, this is what I've been bumping into dogs who are not spayed and neutered, who are wearing shock collars. Are they big dogs or small dogs or all of them? All of them. And the other wacky thing up there is like the vets are in the dark ages. They're like, don't leave the house until your dog gets a rabies shot. Like until they're 16 weeks, do not leave the house because they're going to explode in a parvo bomb. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like the rapture, but worse. (laughs) And so, and I get it. 
And, you know, I, as a puppy trainer, as a mm-hmm. puppy raiser for years here in LA, like there are obviously some neighborhoods that are riskier to be walking your dog around when they're young than others. Like Brentwood. Risky? Where the apartments and condos are? Totally. It's a toilet. Mm. Brentwood, a little further west, with single family homes, not risky. You know, so you have to like look at your neighborhood and 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 decide like when generally in most like single family home neighborhoods, people have the discretionary income to take their dog to the vet, sometimes to the groomer. They're obviously going to get their shots and they're going to pick up mm-hmm. their poop. But there might be the occasional gross neighbor that doesn't pick up their poop. But you don't have like packs of stray parvo dogs running around. Because what is the age that they need to be? Because I remember, we, I mean, we met you when Wendy was pretty young, but we had a trip to New York planned and we were going to bring her. And I was like, we need to bring in a professional because <laughs> she is crazy. And by the way, she's still crazy, but but we did go to New York and it was fun. Um, <laughs> but we got her when she was 16 weeks old. Right. And you had said that like one of the windows for socialization had already closed and she probably wasn't socialized. I don't think she was. She lived in a house with a bunch of dogs. Yeah. The cow was out of the barn for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So they say like the critical time for socialization is eight to 16 weeks. So like most puppies come home around eight weeks, sometimes Mm -hmm. 10. 12, yeah. Or 12, yeah. And so in that time, that's like your critical expose them to all these things and you know if you've met me i know you get checklists and you get all sorts of things and logs and we got a folder yeah (laughs) an anxious dog folder a little binder of (laughs) things um but yeah so you know they need to experience the world like so a lot of people think that socialization is just dogs and people like oh my friends came over and they met their dog and everything's fine he's met a man he's met a man with glasses (laughs) and a hat he's he in a beard he should be fine right he met the ups guy so But if you think about it, like all of the senses, like all five senses, so your dog needs to like, not only like hear different noises, but see things, they need to smell things, they need to taste, they need to touch, they need like walk on different surfaces because they can be fine with people. But if they've never seen a bus or a motorcycle and you take them on a walk, they're going to freak out, you know, Um, or they've never met another dog because you're like afraid of the, you know, killing them with diseases Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) or whatever. They're going to freak out or they won't know how to play um, or they're going to be terrified of stuff. So it's really common. Like most of that fear stuff, which is most of the stuff that I see these days with bad behavior, quote, bad behavior, is under socialization. Mm-hmm. Like the dogs just don't even know what to do and how to function because they've like never seen it before. So I always tell people – if they call me and they've got a dog and they've got like, and they're pregnant, like I have a girlfriend up in Santa Rosa, she's like eight months pregnant, she's got an eight month old dog. And I'm like, the minute you get the stroller, just start walking around the neighborhood with an empty stroller. Like you look crazy, but um, like you don't want that first time your dog to get used to a stroller when the baby's in it. Mm-hmm. And then it, maybe it's bad and it pulls and whatever. So just kind of thinking ahead um, when socializing them to anything. So, so, um, Oh, so many different ways I want to go. Let's just quickly circle back because I got you starting to talk about that story of what happened at the Downey shelter, but then oh yeah, then we we I think I might have cut you off. So you were starting to say that it was a problem with leadership. There was leadership there at the time um, that Didn't, just wasn't yeah. really happy with cooperating and was really territorial, and um, it sucked, you know. So somebody flexed their muscle, you know, and, and put down, I think five of the dogs that were in our program. And anytime we had to pretend like 
10 and 17 dogs in the program. So it was devastating. I mean, we work with these dogs, you know, almost daily and we get to know them and they're learning all these obedience things and they're doing really good. Yeah. And, and the hope is to get them rescued out. Right. We're enriching their life and we're getting, trying to get them placed and to just come in and know that they were all gone was just. How did you find out? And, well, because we walked in and we're like, where the F for my dogs? Oh, my God. Like, it was ugly. And people, I think, were transferred and some people lost their positions. Do you and think this, whoever made that decision did it like to, 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 yes. to fuck with you guys? Yeah. Oh, that's so awful. Right. And oh, so, that's so upsetting. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it wasn't like a administrative error. Right. Like, oh, look, all these dogs have these notes on them that they're in the training program. Hmm. Huh. And there's, it says like, oh, don't do anything until you call Laura. Hmm. The dogs had that on their body. <laughs> they have it on their, on their sheets, like oh. all the, on the info sheets. So it's, it was, they were all like, you know, before you do anything, call this person. Right. And, you know, they just didn't pay attention to that. So it's a bummer because there's still this shitty thing with people who take their dogs uh, to the shelter and surrender them or dump them or whatever verbiage you want to use. Um, because I think there's still culturally, some people think that it's like not as bad as it might be. Like when you take a senior dog and you take it to the shelter cause it's got a big giant lump on it, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, if you think that it's going to have like a really quick, release into the afterlife by going to the shelter, like you're totally wrong. If you've had a dog that's been with a family for eight, nine, 10 years and you leave it there, like that dog knows that like that's not their life. Like it's, it's so, and I think, you know, the great thing about like the, the South LA intervention program here, like you can go to the shelter and you can get a voucher for humane euthanasia. So if you have a dog and you have no money and you don't know what to do with it, they will give you a voucher and you can be with your dog and they will euthanize it. And your dog can be surrounded by the people that loved it its whole life. And it's going to be nice and quiet and the way it should be. Wait, what are the circumstances in which you would be doing this? If you had to euthanize your dog, say oh, okay. it's, you know, like sick. they're really sick. Yeah. They're really old. You don't know. You're not going to be able to treat the cancer or whatever it is, you know. Um, another fantastic rescue here in town, a purposeful rescue. Um, also a Rosen, Hillary Rosen. Oh. Yes. She, um, you know, they pull just crazy medical cases at like this little chihuahua they pulled that literally looks like it's sitting on, you know, those round bouncy things mm -hmm. that you sit on with the yeah. little handles. It looks like it's sitting on that. The tumor Ugh. is bigger than like the lower half of the dog. So, okay. You can go be like, how does it get that bad? You know, yeah. like it started small. It had just, it's not like that happened overnight, but then you get to that point and those people who left it there I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but if they had, if they knew they had an option that they could go to a vet and be with it, mm -hmm. you know, feed it ice cream and pizza before and like be with it until it passes, then that's like such a better idea than leaving in a shelter because it might stay in the shelter and not even get attended to for like a month. Yeah. Like it'll get fed, but it's scared and it's sleeping on concrete and it's stressful. And it's like, that's not how you want it to live out its last days. And what about, um, I think a lot of people think that giving your dog to a shelter that it will find a new family and it could that is certainly like that's certainly 
the idea mm-hmm. and you should go to a shelter and you should look for dogs and that and that's how I got my Texas. He's adorable and I love him and somebody dumped him there and he was like nine months old and he's the cutest thing ever. He's super cute. Very and, handsome. And, and he's like 30, he's 12 now. And so, yay, I'm glad he was there. Um, but, you know, if you're doing it because you're, you know, this is, this is, I just ran into this up in Napa. So a dog bites an owner, not seriously, Mm -hmm. just like the way, you know, a dog sometimes might bite somebody like, and so the best scenario there is that the owner hires a trainer and you work it out. Mm Mm-hmm. The worst scenario is you just dump the dog at the shelter because now you've left a dog at the shelter with a bite history and nobody's going to touch it. Mm. It's going to go into isolation. Everyone's going to be afraid of it because they know it bit. Um, and it could have been like totally normal, fine circumstances that a bit like, oh yeah, whatever. Like Chappie's bit me twice. He's just stupid. And <laughs> he gets like really excited and then he can't breathe. And then he just like bites me and he's got a French bulldog. So when he bites me, he just, he doesn't have like a nose that goes around. He just bites me and gets, bruises me. But like, I can't take him to the pound then. Like mm-hmm. it's happened twice. It's not a problem. So, I mean, if it's a serious problem, again, if it's a serious problem, then have your dog euthanized. If your dog has totally attacked somebody in your right. family, let's say, don't take them to the shelter. Mm-hmm. That is cruel and unusual. And then it's torturous until they eventually get put down. Right. If you know that your dog has a history, you've maybe addressed it, it's getting worse, and you got to fucking suck it up. And like, that's what you owe that dog. Mm-hmm. And you need to be there and hold its paw and buy it a puppuccino. And like let it go in a peaceful way. I think that's the one, you know, this has been coming up a lot and I think it's the one thing that owners just chicken shit totally mm-hmm. out of. And they're like, I, I can't do it. Yeah. But you can torture them. You can send them to like Guantanamo for months and, you know, have nobody pet them and nobody love them and eat crap food and sleep on the ground and pee and poop where they sleep. But you can't just like buy them a pizza and – Get him sleepy and say goodbye. Mm, This is so sad. I know. I think that also sometimes people will surrender an aggressive dog, but not be honest about it. (laughs) Yeah, right. And so then now there's a dog who's maybe going to be adopted and returned Uh repeatedly Uh until until something sad happens. Either someone gets hurt. Or the dog just gets put down because it's not adoptable. Yep. All that being said, though, I feel like we're like there's plenty of problems with the shelter system. But what <laughs> I'm going to ask you an extremely overarching question: like, mm-hmm. what should people do? People should spay and neuter their dogs so they quit having puppies. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and everyone uses like backyard breeder, you know, as a, a term, but like just like an experienced breeder, first time breeder, have no business being a breeder. Like, I don't care. I, I just don't, just stop, you know, um, and don't sell your puppies on Craigslist. And, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a bummer because like you get these puppy mills. It's this weird cycle that can't, that, that just what it's like self feeding, right? Mm-hmm. So puppy mills do horrible things, right? But then rescues come in and make great videos with music and then <laughs> save all of these dogs, allowing – and sometimes there's no 
real repercussions for those puppy mills. Maybe they get closed down, but there's so many, mm-hmm. like there's so many. And then those dogs get saved at some other puppy mill and it's some great rescue. So these rescues are almost enabling the breeders to keep breeding because mm. they'll always come in and save the day and save the day and everybody loves it. And then it's on, it's everywhere and it's viral, but right. it's like, okay, we have all those because like it keeps happening because we have this never ending supply of these breeders where we can keep saving these dogs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the answer is to that, but that's totally happening. Um, do you think, let's say like the individual bat, would this be like a hoarding situation? Like those videos you see where like, we found, you know, 16 scared dogs. Sometimes, a- yeah. So those dogs get saved. Yeah. But do you think that the person, the owner is done now? Or are you suggesting no. that that same owner goes on and does it again? Probably. Well, they might. They certainly can. Because yeah. sometimes the enforcement is just right. not there. But like nationwide, like middle of the country, like Missouri. Sorry, Missouri. But like, <laughs> you know, like all that. Get that's your shit like, together, Missouri, shit. with your dogs. Um, and because I don't hate, you know, and I'm sure there'll be people who hate me that say this, but I, like, I'm not totally anti-breeder. I'm not. Like, there are a bunch of things. I'm anti-breeder of these breeders who are, you know, like I have bulldog type mm-hmm. dogs. This kind of breeding that's happening with bulldogs that their their features are getting so exaggerated that it's causing health concerns. Those people I'm very, very Mm -hmm. unhappy with. Um, But people who really are paying attention to and love the health of the breed and whatever, and I can't fault them for their love of what they love. But like, I think somehow I haven't really given this thought. I didn't, I didn't should have done homework, but like somehow like those responsible breeders that many of you may know or not know those responsible breeders need to, partner with animal welfare Mm. like instead of being because there's a lot of fracturing in animal welfare even in like the rescues they're like our rescue is better than yours and you're you're you don't do what you say you do and and you believe this and you still eat meat we don't want plant-based and you kennel your dogs and we only do foster homes and on and on and on Mm -hmm. so it's like ridiculous how fractured that part of it is right and so you can almost find every rescue groups like we hate breeders i mean Mm. And then, then you have PETA, which I don't even talk about. Um, <laughs> so I think like responsible breeders, like there has to be some sort of like, you know, bridging of the two and understanding like that it's the love of the animals and loving animals and loving welfare and being, giving a voice to those who don't have a voice. Um, like that, that there has to be some sort of, you know, crossing the aisle right. like, with those folks. And I don't know what that answer is, but like one can't do it all by themselves Mm -hmm. because one is in the business for bringing more animals into the world. Right. Like breeders have to be a part of the solution. So uh, yeah, I don't know. But if you have a dog, just get it at shots, make sure it's licensed, have it, have a tag, be responsible, train it, not just because it's doing something bad, but like train it because it's a smart animal and it can learn a bunch of stuff. Um. Yeah, and then if you have questions, just ask me. (laughs) Ask me and I'll point you in the direction. I need to talk to you guys about the real, real. Uh, I actually just earlier today was doing another podcast and I mentioned the real, real. And my guest uh, 
said that she is very familiar with this website and she goes there and covets the items and puts them in her cart and decides when to buy them all the time. Uh, the Real Real has iconic luxury items at unreal values. Real Real is the leading reseller of authenticated luxury from top designers. Shop from designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. I was looking earlier today and I was looking at these beautiful engagement rings, all of which would retail at a price that is way, way more than uh, someone like me could spend. However, on there, they're like a little more affordable, although I was looking at ones that are still not affordable for me, but maybe you could get them. <laughs> New arrivals come in daily, and every single item is authenticated by the Real Real's team of experts. In fact, the Real Real employs over 100 brand authenticators, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is 100% authentic. Shop online or visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood or their newest location at 870 Madison Avenue you in New York. You may also visit one of their luxury consignment offices in Chicago, Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. In-store new customers receive an automatic $25 off at checkout. Shop in-store online or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's the real real. So the real real. Promo code REAL for 20% off select items. So catch me. We last talked, not we last talked. I've talked to you much more recently, but you were last on the show in August of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, you had a, you, you, when I met you, you, you were married. Um, yes. <laughs> are you okay talking about this? Totally. I assume you are. All of a sudden I was like, I should have asked you dun, dun, dun. off mic though. You, you had been married, but when I met yes. you, you guys were already split up. Um, cause I know that you were dating someone new at that point. No, I was just cheating. Kidding. <laughs> no, you were not. Kidding. <laughs> that was him, not me. Um, <laughs> so in this is the funny thing. So August 2017. But funny. Oh. August 2016, I was in New York with my husband. And um, we were on a long week, weekend vacation. I was doing like a dog training thing out there. He was doing some Pokemon thing out there. And we went out there. I know. Remember? Um, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the weekend we our our marriage ended. That's when he told me he no longer wanted to be married to me on our weekend in New York. Um, and you guys had been together how long? We were together ten years. We were mar- eleven years. We were married six mm-hmm. and a half. Um, and I just spoke to him today. We were just reminiscing about this weekend. <laughs> um, so August twenty sixteen. The word, I hated New York anyways. And then to go to New York and like my world, I, I yeah. was totally blindsided. You know, we're both in better places now. We're both happier and blah, 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 whatever. Good. But at the moment, burned me to the ground. Hated New York. A year later, I was in New York doing a press junket for the television show I had on Animal Planet. Mm-hmm. And I was like meeting Kathy Lee and Hoda. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I totally reclaimed New York. It's my city now. <laughs> so yeah, so... We were in New York this time uh, two years ago doing doing the press junket, and um, which was crazy and out of body because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember setting my DVR to record Laura London on the Today Show. That was so crazy, right? Because I was just like, whatever, a girl from Sacramento, California, and I'm like, how is this happening? First, it was like, I'm a dog trainer to like celebrities. That's really awesome. And now it's like, and now I'm on Animal Planet. <laughs> 
Like, I'm not on CBS at 12 o'clock on mm-hmm. Sunday. I'm on Animal Planet. And I was really excited. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, like, yeah, they they want to meet me. And then all of a sudden, like, it just every, everything, it just yeah, just yeah. snowballed. And then it happened. And then you had your show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So catch me up from uh, August 2017 to now, because in that time, you had the show. Yeah. You moved. Yeah. I got divorced. Got divorced. Finalized the divorce. Finalized the divorce. Fill me in. Um, yeah. So the show was great. People liked the show. I liked the show. The show was hard when we were filming the show because you have all these TV type people, you know, um, and producers who know how to make TV, but none of them know how to work with a dog. And certainly none of them knew how to work with like disabled subjects. Like, yeah. you know, we were training 12 shelter dogs to be dogs in service, service dogs in training to 12 disabled people so that's a really that's a tough cast because mm-hmm. you have these dogs who are like i was in the big house last week so i don't know what you want me to do i'm not a tv dog i'm not if you make me ask if you ask me again i'm gonna bite you like so they were really high maintenance and then you had these poor people who are like not used to being in front of the camera for four hours not to mention like one and they're like i need a nap can I have a nap? Like, and so everything just took long and I was mm-hmm. super just annoyed with how much the production was always like, come on, let's do this again. Can you get another shot? And you're like, no, like slow down. So it was really, it was a, it was a hard shoot mm-hmm. and it was over like as a half a year. But then when I saw the episodes and they were like the music and editing, I was like, this is the best show ever. I want to do this all my whole life. Like it was beautiful. I loved it. And then, um, so then we we're kind of getting jazzed and we're like, great, we can't wait for the second season. It's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, Animal Planet's management had completely flopped mm. and they had changed. They've gotten rid of a bunch of people and got new people in. So all of our like advocates were kind of like gone. Yeah. So we were waiting and they were like pushing us off and we were waiting and they were pushing us off. And it was like January of 18. Yeah. And we hadn't heard anything. They're like, look me, Feb- February. You know, I'm like, it's not going to happen, but I want it to happen, but I don't want to be, uh, I don't. And then they're like, nope, it's not happening. And the problem was, is that Animal Planet, the story we were told was that Animal Planet wanted to own the content, which is the current, you know, everybody mm-hmm. wants to own their content. They didn't. The show was licensed for the production company from the UK who owned the show. So Animal Planet wanted to be able to like put that in other markets and they couldn't. Mm. So those two parties couldn't come to a deci- like a, an agreement. Right. Um, so we didn't get a second season. So that was fine. Because um, it was fun and it was crazy to have that experience. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, I just kept training dogs and raising puppies and, you know, met a great guy and everything was just like grooving. And then I just felt like I needed to be, I was just done with LA, strangely. Like things weren't bad, but I just had been here like 20 years Mm -hmm. and I was like, I just need more space. I just need more air. I just need more, I just need less chaos. Um, was that like, you need more space, like physically or psychologically? I think physically. Like, um, yeah, I just went move too, right? Didn't you moved? I was just down the street. Yeah. 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 Um, and then that got weird too. My you're landlady in, went bad shit. Though, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. What she happened? went crazy. Oh, no, no, you could say bad shit. Okay. No, the, the face I made was me no, getting was like, excited for the show. No, no, no. no, she's yeah. crazy. Like, I just drove by the house and as I got into town and I was like, I just want to egg her. I just want to go buy a dozen eggs and a bunch of toilet paper and just <laughs> fucking go to town on her. What house. happened? She's crazy. 
Well, the first my of all, throat just made a noise. That was awesome. You're so excited. About I was so excited that I, I know. Um, well, first of all, there were those the the subject of her like creepy older sons that lived with her mm. in the really 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 small house. Like you know, they're in their late twenties, and it was creepy. <sighs> Sorry, people who can't move out, but it was just different. <laughs> it was different. It wasn't normal. It was creepy. Um, and so she. Like she was too friendly in the beginning and she just said, well, it's because I'm Canadian. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, maybe that's true. But then it was just awkward. And then she was like, you should come by for a drink sometime. And she's an older woman. You know, she's in her sixties and she's like, you should come by for a drink or you should go to Thanksgiving with us or whatever. And bought me a Christmas present and was just like a little too in her. Mm-hmm. And I just like, just was in my own world and did my own business. And, and I don't think I was paying enough attention to her. So. Right, because like imagine, I imagine you could just be like, okay, that's a little weird, but she's Canadian, whatever. And yeah. also, what a nice gift. Right, and then um, I feel like it started with um, she was like, oh hey, I'm going to be cleaning out the garage, so you can't park there anymore. Like I parked in the alley, like in front of her garage space, because she she didn't use her garage. And so like part of me, the greatness of living there is like I had a parking space. Mm-hmm. I had a backyard, like a shared backyard space that she never used that my dogs could be in. So I could have um, dogs come and stay with me and that sort of thing. Um, and I had like privacy. And so she's like, yeah, you can't have the parking space anymore. And um, your dogs can't use the backyard for the bathroom anymore. And I was like, what? She goes, <laughs> Well, when I said you could have a shared backyard, I didn't think your dogs would be going to the bathroom in the backyard. I was like, where did you think, where were they going to supposed to go to the bathroom? And she has like pee pads in her house mm-hmm. and she has a little patio, but like she's got like a Bichon-y thing and it just pees in the house. And I'm like, well, and I pick it up. Like I yeah. pick it up the minute it, it hits the ground. It's in, yeah. in the bag. It's gone. I use water and keep it so it doesn't smell. It was, there was not a like a mm-hmm. hygiene issue going on or anything like and so I was like, okay. So then I had to walk all three of my dogs. Okay. My dogs are like 12 and 13. Two of them have like degenerative spine diseases. Like I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so yeah, this is rapidly becoming not right. Convenient. This became like the grossest place to live. So I couldn't go in my backyard. Um, and then like things were broken that she wasn't fixing mm-hmm. forever. And then she was trying to get, and then she, I didn't trust her in my apartment without me. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I, I always want to be around. And so then this one time she wanted to get in and I wouldn't let her. And then she got super mad at me. And then I had my neighbor who lives like two doors down. I go, can you just go over to the house? Like Louise is there right now. Can you just check and make sure she's done? And she lost her mind. She's like, why would you call my neighbor and tell her to come over to me and police me? And I was like, she's my friend. I just asked her to come to my house. Yeah. Like, you're totally overreacting. And she just got like crazy. And so then she'd send me like horrible text messages. And I just like totally – and then she – oh, it was awful. It was awful. And I was coming up on like my year because I had signed a year there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, she's going to throw me out on the street. Like I need like – to do something right Happy, so yeah i started looking around you know looking for a space that didn't have to be huge because i like little spaces but i needed to have some backyard space and la's bonkers mm. so expensive and if it was affordable it was in a really scary neighborhood and i was like i'm so over that you know so that's kind of what prompted the like i need to move and then i was like you know i look everywhere i looked in la from like south la to north hollywood and everything in between i was like 
God, do I really want to live here anymore? Like, am I kind of done living here? Mm. So, um, you know, and I, my best girlfriend from um, high school lives up in Napa and I'd gone up to visit a couple of times and I'm like, man, it's really nice up there. You know, it's kind of cool. And then, um, my uncle called me and he's like, I got a house in Santa Rosa. He's got like some rental properties. He's like, and it's vacant. It could, totally can be yours. Wait, out of the blue or did he know you were thinking about it? Well, he knew that I was looking to move okay. in this town. Got it. And then he's like, well, I've got a house in Santa Rosa. And I'm like, thanks, uncle. But I live in LA. And he's like, well, you could move. And I was like, oh my God, I could. I could move. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about it. And then I had a job opportunity there. And I went up and interviewed for a job. And I was like, I think I'm going to do this. It was with um, Canines for Compassion. They do mm-hmm. service dog training. Didn't get the job, but I'm like, I still think I'm supposed to be yeah. up here. I'd gone up there and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to be up here. Um, so I just took a total leap Stay. of faith and it was like, I'm going to do it. And it was super hard because I left a lot of friends here. I love all my friends here. I have like, great clients here. I was dating someone who was totally in love and I was like, I'm going to move. And he's like, okay, then we're going to break up. And I'm like, bummer, but Okay. And so, you know, we did all of that. And um, so you know, the transition has been like seven or eight months and the transition has been tough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as easy as when I moved from Seattle to LA. Like that was a piece of cake. I was 30. It was like, I had a job. I got a place in Beverly Hills. Everything fell into place. And it's not, it's not that, mm-hmm. but um, I really like it up there. It's really beautiful. Um. And it's it's happening slowly but surely. I'm getting clients, you know. Funny enough, I'm in L.A., you know, today because I'm picking up a dog and bringing it back and training it for two weeks and then I'm coming back to L.A. and dropping it off. So mm-hmm. I still do that a couple times. So, you know, I still have L.A. clients who like to work that way and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, it just was just a strange full body universe alignment that said you need to leave now. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. That's so interesting. I thought that you, I thought you and the guy had gone together up there. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that you, like in the middle of your relationship, announced, I'm leaving. No, yeah. Are you still friends with him? Yes. Was he up? Love you, dude. He's, <laughs> he's listening, I'm sure. Um, yeah, no, we still talk, you know, and uh, I, I, I mean, I totally love him. It was, it was like, um, was such an awesome relationship. It was like, oh, this is what totally it wasn't perfect because mm-hmm. you know we were both kind of learning. We both came out of divorces that were kind of like nasty um, and um, hurtful. I should say they weren't nasty, but you know. Um, and I think we as human beings grew a lot and learned how to communicate better and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It sucked. Like the breakup sucked. I was really sad. Cause again, like he gets to live down here and see all his friends and do what he does and works the same and everything's great. You could totally be fine. And I'm like sitting alone in the <laughs> rainiest winter ever in Santa Rosa and my whole house is outside is flooded. And I'm just like, nobody loves me. You know, so I had a harder time, I think, than that takes strength though, did. I think to just decide to, I mean, you're from that area originally, right? Um, Sacramento. So yeah, yeah, Northern California. Like it feels like. Does it feel like going home? Yes. Like in like, in like my, like inside my heart, my mm. heart's like, thank you. 
like, oh God, it feels so nice to be back in like my, where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm a little native turtle that just went back to like whatever <laughs> island it came from. <laughs> some kids stole me on their vacation or something. So I feel like I've, you know, and I can go up to Sacramento and I can see my mom mm -hmm. and, you know, I can visit with my uncle and my cousins, like my cousin. Oh man, I have this cousin. She's the bomb. She's 10 years older than I am. And her son, my second cousin is like 10 years younger than I am. So I hang out with both of them and mm -hmm. I drink with both of them, you know, like, so barbecues and we go to like wineries and we go see bands at wineries and it's super fun and just like, so not LA, but it's so much fun. Like it's stuff I would never do in LA. Like mm -hmm. go see this random band that you've never heard of and drink wine with a bunch of 60 plus people. <laughs> like yeah. A, here there's like, there's so many choices. You don't find yourself just like, Oh, wherever the wind takes me. Yeah. Much. No, we're like, you don't have anything. So you're like, Oh my God. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've, how many bands I've seen at the restaurant at the golf course. <laughs> uh, the restaurant's called legends. <laughs> and, um, I will go see a band at legends at the golf course in Santa Rosa. Like every weekend. It's great. And um, Petaluma's up there. They get some cool bands. They've got, you know, Laguanitas. They've got a bunch of breweries and cool clubs. And It sounds really nice. It's really cute and quaint up there. They have like um, butter and egg days. They what have like that? a parade of just butter and eggs <laughs> in Petaluma. And my friend's like, come down. We'll go to the butter and egg day parade. I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> How is totally. making friends going? You mentioned friends. friends. Let, me, let me just say, yeah. when I moved to New York, um, I was, I was 26 and I figured like, I'm going to go and I'm going to be the toast of the town. And my real life is going to start the minute I get off the plane <laughs> and it's just going to be amazing. And yes, I'm leaving behind good friends and a band and a job, but like my, in my soul, I know that I can't be, I don't want to be in Orange County forever. That was never my plan. I just kind of right. got stuck there. Yes. Well, I was, I Grew up there, went away to college, came back temporarily, and then five years happened. And I was like, right. but I was happy there. I really was. Like, I, I loved my, I still am friends with those people. I loved, I had a really good thing going there. I just was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So then I went to New York and it took way longer than I thought <laughs> to feel comfortable, to feel, to, to make, to make, I mean, I just, on a, I just remember like a Friday night being like, I have nothing to do and I don't, how am I going to figure out what to do? And I feel like a real loser calling people up to see if they want to hang out because yes. yeah. they all have plans because right. they've been, you know, it just, yeah. it was, it made me really insecure yeah. for a while until things fell into place and it just took forever though. Right. And I think, you know, when I came, sorry, when I came to LA, uh, I left Seattle. I lived in Seattle for like six years in the early nineties and, but the weather drove me out. I was like, forget this. And I came to LA, strangely enough, because my best girlfriend, Kristen from high school, lived in Santa Monica. She's the only person I knew. And I was like, forget it. I'm moving to LA. I called, made some calls, got a job interview, got a job offer, moved down here, moved into her sister-in-law's apartment because she moved out easy peasy, lived there in Beverly Hills for nine years, met Jonathan, moved out. Like everything just kind of like- What was that job you had? I was the HR director at the Standard Hotel. Oh, Yes, nice. on Sunset mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, what a shit show. Anyway, <laughs> try to do HR in like a party environment. Yeah. It's totally impossible. You just kind of like turn your head a lot. You go, I didn't see that. <laughs> fine, everything's fine. Um, 
But, um, but I had, so I had like my, my starter seedling, I had Kristen and then Mm -hmm. Kristen introduced me some friends and then I made my own friends through however you make friends. And, um, so the funny thing is, is now that I've moved north, Kristen left LA and she moved to Napa. So I'm like, I'll go where she goes. Like she's, <laughs> she's like my true North. I don't know if girls talk about like their best friend that is like, I'll move anywhere yeah. for her. Like she's like my true North. <laughs> so I moved to Napa, you know, she's, you know, married. It's got a 13 year old and a 16 year old. Her husband is in LA half the week and up there half the week because his business is down here. So she introduces me to people. She gets me some dog training referrals, you know, that sort of thing. Um, then I've, like I said, I've got some cousins and they've introduced me some people, you know, and I go to church and I met some church friends and, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it's working out. So I'm just like a little here and there. And I'm also, and I'll go and I have like some Northern California friends, like my best guy friend from high school lives in Petaluma. I love him. Like everyone's like, you know, it's like, he was just my best friend ever in the world in high school. Love him. Love you, Paul. So he lives in Petaluma, which is like 20, maybe 15 minutes from my house. So a lot of the times, you know, we'll go out and um, he shares custody of his little one. So on like the weekends that he's free, he's like, let's go out, you know? And so that's kind of fun. And then I have another girlfriend. She's in San Rafael. I've known her since I was five. Molly, love her. So she's up for anything and she's the best person to go out with because she's been up there so long. She like, she's like a tour guide (laughs) and like, the best drinking buddy ever, like put into one. So <laughs> she's a blast. So, you know, I have like a so little, have, yeah. I have a little group. Um, but yeah, they're certainly, they're like, May was like the hardest month. Like, why do you I, think? I, I, I don't know. Cause I'd been up there like January, February, March, you know, and then, and then I was kind of, as working, I was coming down here, I was getting dogs, I was bringing back. And then like when I was like, oh, I'm not going to get any dogs this month. And then like May, just like, hit me like I was never been alone more I like felt really mm. alone and I didn't like my neighborhood and I just didn't feel I just felt like emotionally unsafe mm. and it was just like well, I made a mistake I need to go to act back to LA like, oh really I need to I need to get out of here I need to go back um you know and I have such great friends here they're like well yeah come back that'd be great you should <laughs> come back we absolutely would love to have you back to be to come back for us but you should come back but then everyone's also, but like, kind of give it a year. Like, it's transition and it sucks, mm. but it's not, you know, look at it in a year and see what you want to do. So I'm still like, I'm not like, oh, God, I love it. And I'm never leaving because I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so like, you, you know, we're so not, you're giving it a year. I'm giving it a year. And then, you know, so that'll bring me to like Christmas, which also don't move the week before Christmas anywhere. Like, I moved to another city the week before Christmas. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember it was December and I got a text from you. (laughs) It was miserable and it was like Christmas and I had a tree and I had no furniture and (laughs) nobody loved me and nobody brought me gifts. There were no presents under my tree. Like, it was so depressing. And then, (laughs) you know, I was just awful. So I won't do that again. I thought, it's a good time. There's a bunch of sales. I can buy new furniture and television and stuff. <laughs> like, you're too busy moving to even do that. And then all of a sudden, it's March. And you're like, what the fuck? So um, the dogs like it up there. They love it. They have, you know, I have a nice big house, like too big for me. If mm-hmm. anybody, I have a 
guest room. If anybody wants to come up visit, do wine tasting and crash at my house, you can. You're, you're extending this offer to my listeners. <laughs> to all of your listeners, you just uh, have, what's the the promo code is uh, Allison. Alice, just, just Allison. Just Allison. <laughs> promo code is Allison. Just go to laurelondon.com. <laughs> extra apartment. <laughs> yeah, extra room. And uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, so I have the space and, you know, it's, it's, they know they have a yard and I've got great neighbors and, you know, they bring me fresh eggs I all the that. time, all the time. Just like knock on the door. Hi, fresh eggs. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> knock on the door. Hey, a giant bowl of cherries. Thanks. That's so sweet. Um, yeah. The funniest stories when I was moving up, when I moved up there, my uncle, Uncle Dan, he lives in uh, Midwest half of the year and then Santa Rosa in the winter. So He's not in Santa Rosa right now, but so we were putting gravel in my backyard and he got this big truck bed full of gravel. He's like 86, but he's like totally, so we're shoveling it out, shoveling it out. And then he's like, oh, we got to go have lunch at Willie Bird's, the turkey restaurant. I'm going to meet somebody. Okay, great. So we have to leave and go have lunch. And the neighbor saw that we were leaving. So when we came back, all the gravel was out of the bed of the truck and piled neatly into a pile in my backyard by my neighbor. (laughs) And like swept out the bed of his truck. Like in LA, <laughs> like I was telling my sister, I go, and we got back and the gravel was gone. She goes, somebody stole your gravel? I'm like, no, that would happen in Los Angeles. Right. But in Santa Rosa, they just put it in your yard. For you. <laughs> like the, enough, George down the street comes and like weed wax the weeds, like in that little grassy area between the street and the sidewalk. He does that for me all the time. Like all the men like help me out. It's really cute. That's nice. So, I like that. That sounds, it's, is it quaint? It is quaint. Sounds sweet. It's quaint. Like we take our rent to the corner store and we give it to him. And then my cousin comes and picks it up from him. That is really sweet. (laughs) It's totally not practical. I'm like, can I just put it in the bank? (laughs) Because you're not picking it up quick enough. And then you don't go right to the bank. You sit on it for a few more days. But um, it's not practical, but it's quaint. It's super quaint. So Let's take some questions that – because, of course, when I said that I was having you on – uh, and the fact that you're, who? No, 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 no. I know actually people, they know because they know you're a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have some questions. So we have some questions from Patreon and also Twitter, although I may do some of them in a special bonus, Ooh. uh, bonus segment, but let's do some from Patreon now. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for bonus stuff and, uh, behind the scenes content. And there's a live stream I do every month. I send merch out in the mail. It's all sorts of fun stuff. And, and, uh, you get your questions in ahead of everyone else. Woo-hoo. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Catlin Avila wants to know. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one. What are some key methods to use when trying to train a deaf and blind dog? Wow. <laughs> and now I wonder if she actually has a deaf and blind dog or if she's just or trying she to just, stump you. <laughs> yeah, she's curveballing me. Damn. <laughs> well, I've definitely trained deaf dogs. So, um, and certainly you just do a lot, a lot of jazz hands. <laughs> For deaf dogs. And I've had clients who wanted, you know, we trained a deaf dog on rescue dog, mm-hmm. super dog. No, we trained a deaf dog, alert dog for a deaf person. So we were training the dog all the commands in American Sign Language. And I've had clients who want to do that. So they're not teaching their dog like what you would say, like sit and you'd raise your hand. They're doing sit and then doing the actual American Sign Language 
sign for sit. Um, so a deaf dog's really not that hard. You just have to have good treats and be able to give their attention and mark their, um, when they do it right, you know, mark it the right way. Um, but you do have to use a lot of gesticulating, a lot of gesticulating blind dogs can hear you. So that's not that tough. You're not worried about hand signals. Everything's just verbal Mm. and then rewarding Then doing a lot of luring cookie to the nose, kind of getting them into the sit and stuff like that. But I never have heard of anyone training a deaf and blind dog. So that's tricky. I know a lot of people use like the collars that vibrate. Mm. No, is that, that's not the shock collar though? No. Um, it's usually a setting on the shock collar, okay. but it like vibrates. So it's just a little like, so is, mm. is it painful or just no, they notice it? It's just like annoying, like a hum. Uh-huh. And so then they would stop and they would turn and then you, you know, reward them if, right. if it's for their cum or whatever like that. So yeah, that's tricky. I hope that's not your dog. Um, here's my question. Yeah. Now this question is from Allison Rosen. Uh, how do you get your dog to lose weight? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh my God. I have two questions. I picked her up. She's earlier. huge. She's, She's enormous. Huge. I know. She's like, I love living in this house cause I don't have to do those stairs anymore. And I know. I know. Chunk. I know. So yeah. Okay. That can be my first question. How do I get her to lose weight? <laughs> And just had to restrict the treats and food and more exercise. Less food, more exercise. Yeah, I know. Just like us. Um, she's happy being fat. <laughs> <laughs> she really her is. Poor little joints, like her little elbows and stuff. I have to hold that big sausage up. <laughs> just a big phrase. She's like, oh, I'd get up, but it hurts my joints. All right. My hips are killing me. You think? I, I think. I, th- I know I mean, she's she's bigger than I thought she was was and wait from I've, picking her up or you mean seeing her in person you're like oh she's bigger than her pictures yes <laughs> <laughs> and and then I was like well you know it's been a couple years yeah. but still it's like she's not a person like Rufus has been the same weight within one pound for like 13 years yeah no she's definitely needs to lose weight but then yeah. she does have an unflattering haircut <laughs> what, she, that's adding some pounds i don't know but you need to take her to euphoria down the street and they'll give her a you know uh, i don't know cut that'll take off 10 pounds this is a it's a good haircut for um not carrying like dirt and all you know it's a good it's a good summer cut but i'm just saying it's she's cut a lot more close to her body so i have wondered if that makes her look chunkier it might just be that she's actually a lot chunkier i though. picked her up and she was enormous yeah I picked her up thinking I could like scoop her up with one arm and like no you can't and I was like oh I I need both my hands, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I know I know and this happens truthfully this happens when you have when you have babies yes like because like you know Wendy was like the only child she was the baby and then she was like living in the city and going up and down the stairs and walking every day yeah, and doing all this stuff and now she's like I have this house and this yard and I'm just the kids keep dropping food they do awesome and sometimes they just feed me whatever they're eating and like who knows yeah Yeah, and then she gets more treats because mom feels bad because i'm not the only child anymore it just it's just a big nasty cycle yesterday elliot left a cookie on the coffee table (laughs) it was an oreo thin so it's not a full oreo but still and then wendy (laughs) came out of her crate and was like (laughs) paws up on the coffee table (laughs) sniffing and i just gave it to her just gave it to her. Because I felt bad that she had been crated all during dinner, right. his dinner. Sure. You know, because now we have to crate. When they, when Elliot, 
when I say they, Owen is not eating food yet. When Elliot eats, I have to crate Wendy because she'll try to eat his food. Because look at her. Of course she will. So then, <laughs> then I, she gets out and she gets to eat his food anyways. This one piece of it. But yes, good point. Um, Here's the thing. This is this was not my question, Laura London. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, my question – no. Uh, see, I know – and if, we want her to live as long as she can live. So obviously, losing weight would be helpful for that. Yes. But but then I go, but they don't live very long anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So do I really want to reduce the, her quality of life in that way by like didn't making her have that, to diet? That is so Jezelneck that you said that because he <laughs> he will be like dogs live, you know, big dogs live to like six. I get him down to two. Like <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to be taking years off her life. I'm just not sold on the fact that I am. But it sounds like I am maybe. And quality, like she's a little dog. Like her Nuh-uh. breed, her breed <laughs> is a little dog. Just she's not though. And so that frame isn't even supposed to be carrying that much weight. Her, that's sister- like you know when you see those trucks towing something that they have like no business <laughs> towing, or the trucks that are like the beds are like loaded with garbage and stuff yeah. higher than the cab ahead of it and mm-hmm. it's tied with like twine and you're driving behind it. Is that her body? <laughs> She's just not built to carry that much weight. Her sister is like, cause I remember asking the woman who has her sister, like, Oh, how much does Pearl weigh now? Hoping that it was like 30 pounds. <laughs> cause, or cause Wendy was 27 at that time. And she's like, Oh, she's like 16 or 17. Yeah. And the breed, 18 is the top of the, like, they're not supposed mm-hmm. to be more than 18. Mm-hmm. She was 27 last, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's it's worse. It's twice. It's like, she's like, going to be like twice the size she's supposed to be. Like, imagine if you were twice the size you were supposed to be. I have been pregnant, so I know what it's like. Right. It's um, not comfortable. Yeah. And you're like, you're right. achy and you're tired. She's and it's chub just, rub. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, my argument was like, she's not going to be around. The, I mean, the dogs in the best of circumstances, don't live that long. So I don't want to make her have to like be super hungry and be on a diet. But what you're saying is I'm saying she's going to enjoy she life could live more. 16 years. I want her to live 16 years. She could totally live 16 years. I had a dog live 16 years and was healthy the entire time until like the very end where she's like, I'm old and tired. Can I please die? <laughs> so we let her die. Um, but seriously, the kids will be in high school. Cavaliers don't make it that long usually. I don't know. But well, certainly not fat ones. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> um, but you're we, saying she'll enjoy. We Google how long a cavalier could live. Like it's like eleven or like ten to eleven years if you're lucky. I'd say it's. I'd say probably twelve. Okay, so twelve or yeah, and she's five now. She's not even halfway there. Um, you, you've probably taken years off her life. Don't so she is, say that. She probably is. Don't say that. Dead. No. no. <laughs> oh my god. What do we say? We get her Did checked like? out. Yeah. Internet says nine to fourteen years. Fourteen. 14. That's pretty good. She had a relative who made it to like fifteen or sixteen. Fourteen. Um. But you're saying she would be happier if she wasn't a big chub right now. Absolutely. All right. So how do I do it? She'd breathe better. I mean, these are squishy face dogs too. Yeah. You know, she they don't snores. have the best. You know, breathing. We have her on. See, she's like me. She's efficient with her calories. And it's, I think she's going to need pretty strict calorie restriction to lose weight. We have her on a light food right now. 
We <laughs> we do. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We like, have her on light food. We only give her like I'd say the the bag says for weight loss she should be on like a cup and a third a day. A, a, one 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 and a third cups and she probably gets like a cup of that a day. We do have to put a little bit of cheese on it to get her to eat it. Which oh my is, god. And then she has like uh, some treats. Like too many. And not enough exercise anymore. We used to be really good about getting her walks this all the time. This is just like an intervention. Like I'm, just, I'm looking at you and <laughs> you're know. just like, confess, 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 confess. You're right. Okay. No, here's, here's my second question. Never inviting Laura back again. My actual question. Yes. I do feel guilty because... Do you want a second dog? Yes. I knew it. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, was new, I was Yeah. Do you was want a second impressive. dog? Yeah. Uh, what? Do, yeah. But I feel like the reason to... And I recently did a live stream with the Patreon people and I mentioned this on there. And so it's been like a topic on Patreon about getting a second dog and how everyone's experience with it was. But, and they've all been positive. I feel like the reason to invite a dog into your home should not be because I feel like I don't have enough time and attention for the first one. You're a very intelligent woman. Thank you. Um, yeah, I ju- my, my rule is like, don't get your pet a pet. Yeah. Like it's get you a pet. Yeah. Just don't do that. And, and you can, she might enjoy that. That might totally improve her quality of life. And she might really have fun. Like I have three dogs. Do not recommend three dogs. (laughs) Two. And you have three males. I have three boys. Well, you know, they're so eunuchy. They really are. I mean, chappy. He's just not, he's just a unicorn. I don't think he has ever, even if we didn't neuter him, he wouldn't have a gender. Um, but I've had three dogs before and it didn't work out. And I oh, said, really? ne- like, yeah, my husband and I, ex-husband and I adopted a boxer and we loved her so much and it turned into a big mess and she kept attacking Rufus and oh, we had no. to go back to the rescue. And I said, I'm never doing three dogs again because it's different. It goes from like multiple dogs to pack management. Mm. And so, and then we got Chappie through certain circumstances, but he had known my dog since he was a puppy. Everybody had known each other. So, and he's a really like, he's like Oliver on Brady Bunch. Like he just showed up one day <laughs> and everyone was like, Hey, just keep, keep going. Like, don't, <laughs> don't act like this is weird or anything. So, um, but I think, I think it might be good for her. You know, I've got some Cav um, clients in St. Helena and they've got one really shy one. And then she got she recently got a puppy, and that puppy is helping the shy one not be so shy. See? It's like totally taking her out of a shell. We probably wouldn't get a puppy though. We'd probably rescue a non puppy, unless you think we should get a puppy. That'd be insane. Like, she's like, please say. That. I know. The no, look in your no. eyes, like, unless you, unless you say, <laughs> unless you're telling you say me, it's your are professional you opinion <laughs> that we should get a puppy. Please. No, I don't think. I don't. No. It would have to, as if you got an adult, like if you got like a one year old kind of dog, like we'd have to make sure it's like a super good match. Right. Like, you know, personality groove would have to be there. Um, But I think, you know, this is, I'm going to put you on like a little goal thing. Like you need to get her weight down before you can get her playmate. Okay. Why? Because that's her, you, uh, that's your job as a pet owner to have a healthy pet. And until you check that off on your job, you can't have another dog. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean I'm not up to the task right. of need, being a yeah. responsible pet owner because I've right. allowed Wendy to become right. a big chunk. So, until you're like getting a, like, you know, you, you're getting like a C right now until you get an A, then you can have another. And you love her. I'm not saying you don't. You're not good. You're, That's the you're, problem. You're in a, you're a great pet owner. That's the problem. That is the problem. And I like, love her too much. So you, I can't be right. strict about right. food. How are you with the boys? Are you, well, obviously the little, they're one, skinny. Let him eat whenever he wants. <laughs> but, um, um, but well, like with like rules and boundaries and that kind of stuff or bed is bedtime pretty firm. Or are you it's the not, pushover and Daniel's like the, we go back and forth. Okay. Um, we don't have really have behavior problems yet. We, <clears throat> I saw you knock on the yet. table. Yet. Um, you said yet. Like, well, but, but it's coming. Well, but it, cause it, cause it always does to some degree. I'd say we're pretty good. We're not overly strict. We're, you know, I pride myself on being compassionate. Um, I feel like I handle his temper tantrums pretty well. Oh, and I totally bet you do. I could see that. You could, I could totally see you like, talk, but you know what I do? Like talking him down. Yes. I could totally see You know what see I do? What? I, and this is a, this works and it is not, Daniel's go-to, but I have taught him. Yeah. I get down on my knees and yeah. I say, honey, I know you are super frustrated because you want whatever. Right. Um, you know, it's really frustrating when we can't have what we want and you can be upset for as long as you want, but when you want to come play, let me know. And as soon as I, but this is people, this would not work with dogs, but as soon as I say you can be upset for as long as you want, something shifts in him and he starts coming out of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I totally can see you doing that. And I think that totally works. I'm really good. And I think you can do that with dogs. What? <laughs> I think you can. Explain it this. It feels more punishy mm-hmm. because you're not, you could still say those words. They wouldn't understand you, but like you could totally put your dog in the crate and be like, I get that you're frustrated. I'm actually, okay. So when you I can't play with this ball right now, because yeah. you can't stop yourself from whatever eating and <laughs> I will, you know, you just, I don't expect them to think about it, but it helps them to like, it helps you take a breath and it helps them, they get removed from what they want. So technically that's a punishment in a, in a good behavior way. Um, so you can totally do that with dogs. But the reason I ask is because I find sometimes like moms who are really diligent and like structured with their kids' behaviors and their routines and stuff like that let loose on the dog because they're like, I am so sick of checking off all the boxes. Like, yeah. I just want you to be a dog and you just do whatever you want, dog. And then they overindulge the dog. Um, We totally do that. Yeah. We totally do that. I mean, yeah, because I don't like, I used to take her to agility classes and stuff. Right. You know, she was, she was the baby and we used to travel. We don't travel with her anymore. We don't she's rarely too, travel. Right. But, but she, <laughs> would, she wouldn't fit under the suit. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's just that like, when I met you, I was afraid to ever leave her anywhere. Right. Um, I had been traumatized. You so she PTSD, came for sure. Yeah. She yeah. came with us everywhere because there was no one I trusted. Right. Um, and then when I was pregnant, I realized I need to start having people walk her because right. I can't do it as much. And because when the baby comes, I'm going to need someone to watch her. Right. So then we started having dog walkers and then I started, you know, we started taking her to a groomer. I started trusting other people. And Can I just love, I love watching like when she's with Kathleen. Yeah. And she's, like, I got I love Kathleen when, from you. I know. So I love it when my clients, I turn them on to like other people who like do dog services and babysit. So I would like follow everybody on Instagram and I'll be like following like my friend who's a dog sitter and there'll be like four of like 
my dogs. former <laughs> clients like at her house and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it's like reunion. It's so cute. I love yeah. to be there. So, um, Tony, Kathleen is the dog walker who wears Rothy's. I've shoes. heard, I've heard I've about her, her many before. times. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, yeah. So anyway, she's, she's become fully a dog now. She's, I remember when I was in the hospital, with Elliot. So I had like a traumatic birth with him and he had to go to the NICU and he wasn't with me. Um, I never got to room in with him and mm. it was very, I hadn't held him yet and it was very unreal that he was even alive. Oh wow. And yeah, it was fucking sucked. But Kathleen would send pictures of Wendy and it was like, oh. I had more, I remember having more of a bond with Wendy right. than with this baby that I didn't know yet. Right. Um, and she really, yeah. So it's really changed in a way that I think is healthy, though, because yeah. I was overly attached to her, and I'm still love her to death. But she is a dog, and these are my children. And yes. I used to not be able to crate her. I would have a walk arranged for her every time I would record because yeah. I, the idea of putting her in the crate it just caused me so much anxiety right. because she would bark. She's crated every day, not for the entire day, but no, she gets she crated. She's just She's like, do I have yeah. to come out? She likes her crate now. Yeah. And if she's in the crate and she protests, I'm, I'm used to it now. So yeah. I'm, but I do feel guilty about the time she spends in the crate. Don't. I feel guilty that if she's being a nuisance, which, and by that I just mean like trying to get food or whatever, you know, if she's like getting in the way of the kids, I'll be like, Wendy crate. And now again, she loves her crate. Right. But I, and I toss some treats in. I should probably cut back on the number of treats that I toss in. <laughs> but well, you she- can treat her just as much as you're treating her, but her meals then have to be way smaller. Uh, I think it'd be easier to cut down on the treats. Does rawhide have calories? She shouldn't be eating rawhide. What? Rawhide's horrible. It is? Yeah. But she loves it. <laughs> It's awful. She's used to getting her rawhide stick after there's her so many, fat uh, there's dinner. Better, you should get her like a sweet potato, dehydrated sweet potato, mm, tastier and, <laughs> and not horribly grossly made. Like, don't even watch the videos. Oh my god, I don't want. I don't want to watch it. I don't want. I don't want it's, any information. It, like, if you watch any of the videos of how rawhide chews are made, you're like, I'm done. Because <laughs> it's done. cruel or it's, it's just gross. It's just gross. It's like the the like you wouldn't feed that to your dog. Like it's if you knew my thought. Okay, <gasps> I'll get her yams or whatever. Yeah, yams are but great. My idea was, well, that's just like it doesn't have. It's not. It's just a thing. It's a. It, there's not just fat calories. Just it probably has calories. Okay, it's skin. All right, um, I'll make her lose weight. Yeah, we've been trying. We well, like think, we go back. I think and it's f- hard because, truthfully, like. To get a dog to lose weight, you really have to give them so much less food or walk them so much more. Like right. you're so close to that walking path. I like, know. She should really get an evening walk all the time. Like what? You know, she needs to move more. Right. So, but she also needs to lose weight so she can move more. Yeah. And literally, I would give her like, I would not give. There's like my dogs that eat a half a cup morning and half a cup at night, mm-hmm. so they get a cup of food a day. And they weigh all about like 24, 25, and 20 pounds. And they maintain that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to lose weight, you're going to have to really, really cut, cut it back. calories. Yeah. You know, Her like, greatest joy in life is eating. I know. 
I feel it. Don't. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, know. Like, I feel her pain. Yeah. I do. But that's the one thing I was like, I'm so jealous. Rufus has stayed within like two pounds of his weight for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, because I'm I'm putting it in his dish. Right. Like, You're controlling it. And he doesn't really, they don't really get treats. My dogs don't get treats mm. during the day. They don't. Mm-mm. They just get fed. Um, and they'll get like chew treats, like sweet potato chews or a Himalayan dog chew. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes like frozen peanut butter in a bone or something like that. But for the most part, they don't get treats. But um, yeah, like I would maybe give her like a half a cup for breakfast and like mm-hmm. a quarter cup of dinner. Okay. And, and the, the reason tr- I do like more during the day in case she's awake, I mean, like if she's sleeping, she doesn't need a big meal. She's yeah. Like, none of us do, right? Yeah. So. Well, she used to only eat, only get kibble at dinner. And then we started doing the twice a day thing, thinking that she would be like less ravenous by the time dinner comes. But she's like ravenous for human food. She's can well, kind of give or yeah. take her, kind of take or leave her that, kibble. That, that can happen when they get a lot of human food. That's Daniel. It really is. I totally believe you on that. I'm 100%. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. I've talked to you about that. Like, cause he'll give her a chip and I'm like, and no, he's like, yeah, she, no. she gets a chip like right. every night, and then she takes anyway. But he'll be like, "But I love her." I'm like, and then I I give him a tiny version of what you have said to me, but I have become pretty lax about it. So okay, yeah, like so- I said, we there have been times where we've like any time we see the vet, you know, like times where we're oh, really yeah, do like you get fat shamed at the vet. <sighs> no, a lot of vets fat shame. Not really, yeah. not really, but um. Why did we have to take her to? Oh, we got her a um, we got her heart looked at. Oh, uh, and it's it really hard. This muscle, I can't pump all the blood to my big fat self. <laughs> and that doctor was was her heart was actually thankfully uh b- better than we were hoping, but are better than we thought. <laughs> oh my god, we that was <laughs> Jessel Nikki. Better than we expected. That was weird. Better than we expected, <laughs> but um. But she was like, okay, when she comes back, I want to see this, 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 you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll be committed for a little while. But then like with being pregnant with Owen and then having Owen, sure. it's like we just have not. Sure. But we should get back on it. Yeah. Yeah. So many health problems come with like I know. weight. And she's a small breed dog. And like her joints, skeletal stuff, her breathing, yeah. it's all it all matters. So what about reduce the food? Get a pal for her so she's distracted from her hunger. <laughs> She'll probably eat that guard food. food and like kill that dog for trying to eat her food. <gasps> oh my god! Her eyes just got really big. When she could probably, never be a killer. She probably would guard. She'd her sit food. on that dog. She would guard food though. Wendy would never be a killer. I've never even seen her growl. You haven't tried to take her meal. Um, she lets the kids take stuff out of her mouth. Yeah, but it's not, they're not dogs. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I would say, first of all, I like timelines. Like it's summertime, right? Yeah. So, like, when were you thinking about getting a dog? I really, like, I don't next have any. Year. Sure. I don't yeah, even have any plans months. yet. Like, you're not going to. So, anyways. Not for a while. You have six months, you have till Christmas. I've just started thinking that I wonder if she would like having a pal. I think she would. Yeah. I think it would probably be good for her. They could frolic in the backyard. Right. It would be really fun. You got two kids, two dogs. You're walking around the cute neighborhood. Yeah. I think it's adorable. Um, but I think, you know, before she does that, she's got to lose some weight. Lose some weight. Also, she won't play in our backyard. She likes the backyard. She does her biz out here. She likes to come out and sit on the grass and flop her big flat, fat belly on the grass 
and um but she doesn't she doesn't play like with toys or anything or Does you she throw play her with toys inside not unless they have treats in them okay then that's that's what's going on there. She's, she's just, just she doesn't no yeah. because i don't think she can breathe very well and she's not a big player. Chappie's not a big player. He'll yeah. never play. He's just totally... Nervous. I mean, she does the like play bow sometimes and she'll do that thing where you kind of yeah. like rile, rile her right. up and then she'll run around yeah. and then... But that's it. Yeah. But like Texas will play for hours. Like, right. Play, play, play by myself. Play, play, play. Chew a toy. Play ball. Play fetch. Like Chappie would never do that. Here's a weird thing about her though. She does have... She has... Like she can go walk for like two hours. Uh-huh. I know that you think that she wouldn't be able to because of the mass, but she's got a lot of stamina. Yeah. See, Good. It's not that then bad. Then she should walk more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Enough about Wendy's weight. Alyssa Van Dyke. I have a dog who has always been a puller on a leash. So mm-hmm. instead of telling him no, I just hooked him to my bicycle and let him pull the bike for a couple miles. We also just started skajoring in the winter. Mm-hmm. What is skajoring? It's like a sled you hook your dogs up to, but it's like a wheeled sled and they just like haul you around. It's pretty awesome. Is this okay? Where does this person live? They, I think she's gotta, nearby. You got to live somewhere where that there's space to do that. Yeah. Is this okay or should I really work on his pulling problem? Not sure if I made the problem worse by putting him in a pulling sport. Right. Um, I don't know what kind of dog he is. She doesn't say, right? Mm-mm. Um. So in like urban areas, I think dogs um, running next to bicycles are totally dangerous um, because they're dogs and you never know how they're going to react to something and then they might pull you off your bike or they might run into traffic or something bad can happen. Um, you know, I ha- Texas is really reactive to other dogs. So if he he's a good dog, but if he saw a dog like coming down the street on a bicycle, he would lose his shit and mm-hmm. start barking and screaming. And then that dog would probably react to him, and then that puts up cyclist in danger. It's all it's all kind of squirrely. I don't like it. Unless you live in the somewhere where you don't see people, that's fine. Um, so, you know, if you have a high energy dog that needs that kind of exercise, like that, and that's what you got to do to burn it before you can like learn, burn before you learn. <laughs> um, then that's fine. So if you like, if he pulls you on the bike for a while, and then you go back to the house and you practice walking. And his commands of whatever you're calling walking and, you know, having him walk next to you and stopping a lot and sitting a lot and twitching auto, you know, automatic sits and stuff like that. That's a good use of that time. Um, but definitely in a pulling sport, he's just getting rewarded to pull and then he gets to pull more mm-hmm. and then he pulls harder and then he gets more. And so that's tricky. That's a, that's a tricky thing. Uh, super fan Giovanni, who we were talking about hey, before. Hey. What is the best method to clean a dog's mouth? Brushing and paste, what brand? Or one of those rubber dog toys that supposedly cleans their teeth while they chew on it? Also, Rufus wants to know if he's the best and cutest boy or simply just the best boy. <laughs> he's the best and cutest boy. <laughs> and he's, yeah, I love seeing pictures of him and following him on Instagram. He was such, like, all of those dogs were such, like, a piece of my heart so that I can follow their stories um, you know, there's other dogs, there's Juno and Alpine and all these other dogs that I've followed from the Downey project that uh, it just, it just makes me love what I do. I'm like, oh, I am making a difference in the world. So yay. Um, all right. So this is a new trick, uh, that I got from the vet for teeth cleaning, which I'd never done before. Okay. So I've got three smash face dogs 
Chappie just got like nine teeth pulled a couple months ago. It was a nightmare. Um, so I always say like, if you've never had your dogs professionally, like under anesthesia cleaned, just do that once. You need like a benchmark to see where they're at and let the vet tell you what's going on. The non-anesthesia cleanings, if you go to like your local provider and it's a hundred bucks and they do it without anesthesia and that's great, but they can't really see if they're underlying issues. So that's good. So I say, go to the vet, get one real cleaning and then kind of keep up with these non-anesthetic ones. Um, so that gauze that you can get that's in, that's useless. And it's in like first aid kits. It's really just like <laughs> thread, yeah. woven thread. It's like cheesecloth, right? Yes. Kinda like but that. it's also like, I wouldn't want to put it on a wound. No. Because it's a little bit rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the stuff, a little square of it, right? You take that and you put it on your finger and then you rub all your dog's teeth. And that abrasiveness that we don't want to put on a wound right. is perfect for their teeth because it pulls out like oh. hair that they get in there because they're chewing themselves or whatever, the food. So you just kind of rub it. That's a good idea. Rub it, rub it, rub it on their top and their bottoms and inside. And it's easier and less clumsier than like trying to put a brush in there. Right. Um, or using paste. So, and it really will actually like take some plaque off your dog's teeth. So, um, after my, after Chappie had all his big dental surgery, when we went back into the vet, that's exactly what she did. And she took the little gauze and she's like, this is a really good way. And all the stuff came out of his mouth. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. I swear that's what the pedi- the pedi- pediatric dentist used to clean Elliot's teeth. See, too. maybe. Why have they been keeping it a secret? I don't know. But I was like, that's something I can do because. Yeah, I you know, greenies, I totally don't trust those things. I'm like, I don't see how this soft, gooey right. thing could be good for anyone's teeth. Yeah. And, you know, then some people are like, well, my dog eats kibble, so that cleans her teeth. They and don't I'm chew like, it, though. I'm like, that's right? like saying, like, I eat Doritos, and that, the <laughs> abrasiveness totally cleans my teeth. That's right. It. So I like also raw bones, certainly, you know, with Rufus and all the big breed dogs. They can chew on these big raw bones and that's great for getting plaque off and, and working their teeth. So um, if you have a big dog that can handle a big bone, not a smoked, totally processed gross bone, but like a raw, frozen, from the freezer case bone, those are the good ones to get the stuff off their teeth. I was so relieved when Wendy wanted nothing to do with a bully stick. Oh, yeah, right? So gross. I think you had recommended that. You're like, get her a big, nasty, like delicious <laughs> to a dog smelling treat no. for the plane. I w- oh, maybe for the plane. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't say that. No, I remember. Like, get her something that to occupy her on the plane right. when we went to, I guess, New York. Right. But yeah. And it, it was like it uh, stank so up. The worst. I just realized something. So we had a family of uh, raccoons living under our house. Mm. Have you ever had this happen? Uh, yeah. No. I got a call from Daniel saying like it started. I'll make it real fast because it could be. It's a long story, but I'll make it fast. Started there was a dead rat in our attic, and uh, Ray came by to like see what the problem was. And lo and behold, there's also raccoons under our house. Oh so we had Daniel was like, we got to get some cages and uh, and get get the raccoons out before he seals up the crawl space. Mm. And I was like, okay, it sounds you know good luck with that <laughs> and then i'm like do you want me to, my, me to help though because you're at work and it's like oh could you so of course it's like oh, it's fool. just not that i know but i just knew that it like how's he going to do this from his office in brentwood right so okay i knew it wasn't going to happen 
So anyway, that's not how you get a family of raccoons out. It's a whole, it's also, I did so much research quickly. Like there's a whole thing. If it's a family, the way you get them out is with something called raccoon eviction fluid, which. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, give them an eviction notice. Yeah, yeah that is what, what is do. what you do. Yes. And I ended up calling, um, a professional to do it because you Brilliant. could order raccoon eviction fluid, but it was like coming from Maryland and it wasn't going to be here. And we had to get it, have it done that day. So someone would come out that day. So he sprayed this stuff and it's like male raccoon pheromones because male raccoons will attack everyone babies that aren't theirs. Right. So the mother raccoon smells it and is like, we've got to go. go. Yes. So he sprayed (sighs) this stuff everywhere under the house and the smell was so intense. Thankfully, it didn't last very long. But the smell, like I described it as like a combination of like something. It smelled like cheese that had been left in a barn with a horse. It was like really animal and also kind of cheesy. And I just realized and like this intense animal smell. It smelled. It was in the same smell family as a bully stick. <laughs> I hadn't put it together, but I had smelled oh that before. God, and right. that makes sense, though. Yes. Because it's. Male yeah. glands. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. The fact um, that bully sticks are a thing. If anyone doesn't know what a bully stick is, it's it's bull penis. Yeah, it's a penis. So gross. Tendon and it's all dried and they love it. They eat it like Thankfully Fat Wendy didn't crazy. Even Fat Wendy didn't want it. She's like it's not so into the cock. <laughs> <laughs> She's not though. She's not. She's into it's Oreos totally. and Oh my God. Can I tell you what I think was the be- best day of Wendy's life ever? Um, a fan sent us a bunt, some bunt cake place that we had been talking about. It was like some special bunt cake place that sends you a bunt cake on your birthday or okay. something. And a fan sent one to us. Oh, did she eat it? So they sent us this little bunt cake, but then they also delivered one that it was accidentally delivered to us. It really wasn't supposed to be for us. And it was like this tower of bunt cakes and it was frosted. <laughs> and, I had found ants in my kitchen the day before and I like overreacted to that. So (laughs) I was like, this can't go in the kitchen. So I just kept, you had been in my old studio. I left it in the saran wrap on the table in the studio until I could find like a safe place for it. And I came in (gasps) to find, she was, her butt was in the chair. Her front paws were on the table. And she was like slowly, she had her nose <laughs> in the like a partition that she had made in the saran wrap, just licking. Just licking. Yeah, but it wasn't frantic. It was no. like, a, she was like in, transported to another world, like in a reverie. She was like an opium den. Yes. She wasn't <laughs> trying to eat the cake, just licking the frosting oh. so slowly. And we always joke that like, that's probably her best, that her that best memory her best ever. ever. Yeah. She's like when she needs to get her happy place. It's that frosting. It's that slow motion. Yeah. Licking the frosting of the bunt cake. That's what she's into. Not, not hilarious. Pizzle. Laura London, it was so fun having you on the show. Uh, Allison, it was so nice. Thanks for having me back. We are going to do a little bit of a Patreon bonus segment with you because we have more questions. So I'm going to do those in a special. So if you want more show, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. Um, tell people, do you want to throw out your social media accounts or your sure. website or I don't, what have you yeah, if they yeah. want to get in touch? I'm on Instagram at Laura L. London. Um, and that's really, and I'm Laura L. London at, uh, 
Where else am I? You're on Twitter. Yeah, I'm, oh God, I never do Twitter. Yeah. Do people do Twitter? I don't they know. They do, but it's- I'm totally out of the loop. Yeah. I just Insta because it's easy. Mm-hmm. And then they, my Facebook is uh, Laura London Dog Trainer. Wonderful. And I'm at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, download, tell your friends, leave a nice comment. Uh, check out my other podcast as well called Childish that I do with comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. It's our parenting podcast. And uh, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And- um, uh, go to my website, alisonrosen.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time.